Welcome to Seeing Triple Podcast. I am your co-host, Bradford Barth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Kretz. It's actually Seeing Double Podcast. Yeah, but, it is. But today's subject matter wanted me to make that little change there for a moment. Yes, because there are three things. <laughs> three doubles. No. Uh, uh, uh. Three triples. One. Uh, uh. Uh, yeah, you get it. You get what I'm saying. I totally get what you're saying. So, Stephanie. <clears throat> yep. I heard you had an interesting week this week. Uh, oh, yeah, really? <laughs> I, think, I think it would be fun to discuss what... At first, let me set the scene. All right. Last Thursday evening. Last Thursday evening, I witnessed Stephanie's prop guns that she had lying around for you know, her cosplay. Con crunching at its finest, just yes. things everywhere. You know, a preparing. fully automatic rifle. <laughs> but the two handguns were the more fun part because they had removable clips because they're like airsoft guns. Yeah. And so, and they're like exactly like the gun that you see in the trailer for Endgame? A- Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. And when I found out the clips came out, I thought it would be fun to try to do the scene that you see with Black Widow. Yeah, we practiced a couple yes. times. Yes. But you also held my big uh, rifle and... Prefend, to pretend fired, yeah. Pretend fired in various directions. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, after that, that's fine. You know, went to con, etc. Had a great time, right? Had a great... C2E2 was fantastic. It was so fun. Yeah. All my costumes turned out fine. It was good to see friends. Meet anybody to take any photo ops? Oh, yes. I did get to meet Coulson and May. Yes, from yes. From Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're right over there now next to Brett. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, can we switch them? So, you don't want to look at Brett? You I don't want to look at Brett. I don't want to look at Coulson. <laughs> I, can, I can switch them Next when week, I get do up. that for me. I'll switch them All right, over. cool. But, like, it's just... Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can see them, but from where I'm sitting, I don't see them. That's All true. I see is a meth dealer, <laughs> a guy standing on a star, and then Brett, who's always heartbroken, looking this way. Uh-huh. <laughs> my network playbill and my Hamilton playbill for those yes. who are wondering what the other two things are. <laughs> um. So I think it was Tuesday night. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday uh, night. Tuesday night, you know, just chilling at home. And then my buzzer rang and I was like, that's weird. I'm not expecting any food or packages, but sometimes the FedEx or UPS people bring my buzzer to like just get in. Like they'll just ring everybody to try and get in the building right. to leave a package. So I like ignored it at first, but then they did it again. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll buzz you in. You just wouldn't go and say who's there. Yeah, I don't ever do that. Wow. Because it's, I can barely hear, so it would be no. You can hear me when I used to do the funny things. That yeah, but I'd laugh. have to listen very hard. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was like, that's weird. And then I heard a knock at the door and I was like, Ugh, who's here? And then I got scared because serial killers. Right. And I, I watch a lot of true crime stuff. So I mm-hmm, like tiptoed mm-hmm. to the door. Right. And they were like, this is the police. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I'll 
I'll be right there. <laughs> and then I opened the door, and yeah, there were four heavy-duty police officers standing on the other side of my door. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Like, I was like, is there something going on in the building, in the neighborhood? It's like, that was my thought. Like, oh, they're just going to come and check. Right. Just tell me something's going on. And like, they're looking at, like, keep in check, whatever. But no, they uh, came to me because apparently my neighbor across the way saw someone wielding a pretty powerful weapon last Thursday night. <laughs> And, you know, wanted to make sure nobody was going to be shooting up the neighborhood anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? <laughs> and then I real that I like realize, oh, yeah, I have like a pretty intense new gun, like fake gun. And I was like, OK, so like I make costumes. And they were like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, so I, I like was just at Comic-Con this past weekend. Like, I make costumes. Any guns I have, they were just prop guns. I'm like, I know what you're talking about. I remember I was playing with it. They're like, do you have anyone? Is there anyone else in the house? Like, they just wanted to make sure that I wasn't covering. Well, there were two that the people witnessed, so yeah. I would imagine. Well, they, they only had a picture of one person oh, in really? the window. They showed who? me the picture. I couldn't tell who it was. It was just a dark shadow with the gun pointed, like, upward. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I... Uh, and it was just like they were just like, oh, just you and your cat, and I was like, yep, just me. Was and it a my large cat. person? I mean, you they would were, know if it was me. I couldn't tell really. It was I literally. It looked kind of like me, so I couldn't. But oh, I don't know. It was literally just like a head shape and like a gun shape. Like you can't really. There was not really a way to tell what it was <laughs> or who it was. But either way, we were playing it for like maybe five minutes tops. So uh-huh. like, how the fuck did they even? Get a picture off that quickly. It's crazy. Anyway, the, <laughs> they were like, oh, do you like, will you show us what it is? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I didn't realize, oh, that could be, you know, maybe that's scary also. Because like, as soon as I like went over to get it, they were all like hands on their guns. And I was like, do you, you think know, I'm going to shoot you? <laughs> so I bring it over and they're all like, like I brought it over, like carrying the tip, like it was this terrifying object just just so that it was quite clear that i was not gonna fire it i just carried it by the tip over literally do they know you're black widow and that doesn't matter (laughs) and i uh hi it's like he's being very conversational yeah she was there she knows she was tormented by this she was just standing there like i'm a cat you really think we're gonna shoot people up (laughs) i'm a cat well like yeah i would be more afraid of sookie doing that she is ferocious uh So they like looked at it and like, oh, can we take a picture? Can we hold it? And I was like, yeah, sure. They're like, oh, this is a pretty good replica. Like, this is a really good imitation. And they're like, oh, and the real one does this and the real one does that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then they asked to see my ID and I was just apologizing profusely. Like, I was just moving it across the room. I might have like played with it for like a couple minutes. They're like, oh, it's fine. Like, we're just glad that's all this is. And they're like, you know, maybe next time put it in a bag or, you know, close the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> like okay so people wondering why you're flailing a bag around yeah <laughs> and the this one guy was like oh yeah comical i'm like fred was just there he was a star wars character and i was like cool okay <laughs> i play us i play an assassin russian woman yeah i was not gonna i think i said i dress up as a, as an avenger because i was like that seems less weird yeah. than saying black widow 
There's um, um let's see, how many women Avengers are there? <laughs> uh two. And you're an event. Yeah. Oh, you got I could Dark be Captain Hair. America. They don't know. That's true. I could be any of them. That's right. There is that. I'm th- well, you know, I'm thinking like a cop at this moment. It's they didn't know enough. I don't. Girls play enough. girls. Boys play boys. Yeah, they didn't know enough to care or know. Anyway, they just yeah took my info and left. But they did tell me that on Thursday they apparently had like a patrol out to make sure nobody was gonna gut down the neighborhood. <laughs> and I think I literally went. I was recording a podcast. <laughs> Like oh, so the, while we were recording, they were yeah. They were this was going on That's while we were recording. <laughs> like this nosy neighbor freaking out, like made it all crazy for them. And they didn't. The reason they didn't come confront us is because they had to wait until they got in contact with my landlord to figure out which apartment number it was. Really. So that's why they didn't confront me until Tuesday. And I'm sure it looks even more suspicious that I was gone all weekend. Yeah. You and your nefarious. Actions. All my schemes. All your schemes. She left the house with all her weaponry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that happened. And then you immediately followed up that encounter by calling me. <laughs> I, t- I told a few people because I was like, what the fuck? Because I was all frazzled because I was terrified, but then also found it so hilarious at the same time. It was a very strange feeling. <laughs> It would have been so funny if in the middle of us recording a podcast, the door had been knocked upon. And then we just like kept, kept it running and we could hear the whole exchange. Well, we probably would have paused and then, you know, came back <laughs> to it. It would have been funny. Oh, man. So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> I did. I called Brad and I yelled at him for getting me in trouble with the police. Yeah. For yelling, you laughed a lot. I laughed. <laughs> Because I was so incredulous that it happened. Uh, she was very upset that I wanted to play with the gun again in the open window today. Yes, please do not do that. It's going away. I will, however, right now, put my hand above my head and wave out the window like the queen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If they can see me do that, they must have seen me do like weird costume stuff because I do it all the time in here. I dress up and I take a bunch of weird photos. And when you're walking around naked. Yeah. I'm sure they see that too. <laughs> I really got to close my blinds more. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I leave them open for Sookie so she can look out the window because <laughs> she's a cat and that's what cats do. They look out windows? Yeah. Yeah. And they bark. And they look at birds. And bark. Sure. There's a video. Look it up on YouTube. It's great. <laughs> More like a chirp. No. Well, Sookie chirps. This cat legit barks. I believe you. I'm just saying Sookie is not a barker. She's a oh, chirper. Oh, yeah. Well, she's a chirper. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. <laughs> I survived my strange encounter. <laughs> I'm sure they were very amused when I opened the door with me and my cat. Yep. And they were expecting some sort of horrible criminal. Yep. Yep, with a machine gun yep. pointed at them. I hope they had a very amusing evening after that. I bet they're laughing about it right now, going, a week ago we got a call about <laughs> some terrorist threat, and it just happened to be toy guns. This little girl. And recording a podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. 
So you live in a safe neighborhood. I, do, I suppose barely. that's a good thing. You've got some watchdogs out there. I've been calling them my nosy fucking neighbors. Mind your business. Yep. I think this clearly proves that I am, in fact, not your monitor. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh huh. I just play a funny part because we do a podcast about it, but in all actuality, your monitor lives across the way. I think it was you. You called the you called the Shh. thing on my on me. Too quiet. Not me. Uh, yeah, I magically took a picture. I set up a camera mm-hmm. on the other side and took a photo while you were goofing around with the gun, just so I could call the police without you knowing about it, so that they would be patrolling, so I would see them drive down the street when I left the the apartment yeah. last week. Yep. Exactly. I understand your schemes. Yep. Your schemes. Mm-hmm. It's all to throw you off. so this week we're doing something a little different than usual yes we're doing a documentary yes instead of a well it is still a movie but it was a documentary rather than it's nonfiction rather than fiction which is what we have been doing thus far yes right Sookie she's just purring at me I thought it was fiction that was done like a documentary, kind of mm. like, you know, the Blair Witch Project or something. Right. Until I realized this was not actual fiction. Yeah. <laughs> because it's Buck Wild. It is Buck Wild. So the movie is called uh, Three Identical Strangers. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, when did it come out? I forgot to write this part down. I think it came out last year, actually. I don't know. Because I remember seeing it at, um, like, listed at the Century Theater. Really? Yeah, 2018. Okay, yeah, it came out last year. Okay. And I was like, we should go see that in the theater, but it's really hard to, like, see things for the podcast when, we're, when I cannot take notes. So. Could have watched it for the enjoyment of it. True. And then the anticipation of seeing it again later to take notes. True. But I am lazy, and I like to do things at once. Uh-huh. The one time. Unless I really, 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 really enjoy something. You read in between the lines, it means don't want to go out to a movie with Brad. <laughs> when did I ever say that? I've cut him off from movie time. We just we used to go to the movies all the time, but then we started doing a podcast, and that was the time that we would go was on Thursday evenings. Yeah. So now we do a podcast, and we don't have time to go. We can go on Tuesdays when it's $5 movies. We could. We did do a couple Tuesday $5 That's movies. That's true. We could. But then Tuesday's usually the night that I watch my homework for the podcast so you're saying the podcast has ruined everything (laughs) yep i see you have to you have to get me on the on the weeks that i've watched the movie watched our subject matter on sunday so i hope you've enjoyed our podcast because this is going to be the final one i think (laughs) we'll make it work because i've lost stephanie to the job well when event when end end games i can't talk when Event game comes out. Event game? Yeah, I'm just leaving it like that. When event <laughs> game comes out, we can go see that because I'll probably want to see that a million times. A million times? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of times. Yeah, and it's three hours long. So I know. I, it's, it clocks in a little over three hours. Three hours and two minutes. Yeah, that two minutes is going to be the final scene. After. I know. Yeah, because you got to stay. Oh, for yeah. I mean, if you and get up at this point, you're stupid. That doesn't even include the 
the the uh the opening commercials the opening, and credits the open, or the, the opening previews. previews you're gonna see so basically it'll be in there for three hours and 30 minutes you know what this means when i go see it where i'm gonna see it with my other friends i will not be able to park my car to charge it because there is a two-hour limit on parking your car there for mm-hmm. charging womp 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 but yes so yes. i don't know the tangent that we just got off of We'll go see movies again, Brad, okay? Relaxing on a farm. Relax on a farm. Yep. That's what Thanos is doing. Yep, that's his poster. So we're going to start with Bobby. Bobby. Bobby B. Bobby. (laughs) What you doing, Bobby? Bobby S, actually. Bobby. He, (laughs) this starts off very wholesome. It was very wholesome and it was like, oh. Yeah, his dad sells propane. Drinks beer on the alley. Uh-huh. <laughs> but as we continue on through the story, things get a little dicey. Hit us, stuff. All right. Hit us hard. So Bobby is a 19-year-old kid. I think he's 19 at this point. And he's going to college in 1980. Mm-hmm. And when he gets there, all these people are talking to him like they know him. But he's never been to the school before. Wait, this is his first semester. Yeah. There were girls who were happy he was back. And guys who were like, oh, I didn't think you were coming back. You said mm-hmm. you weren't coming back this year. And he's like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And then he heard someone say, welcome back, Eddie. Mm-hmm. But his name isn't Eddie. It's Bobby. And then he gets to his dorm room. And this so-called Eddie's friend, Michael, is so shook that he's there. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, I thought you weren't going to come back. Like, he was mad at him at first. Right. Because he lied to him. Because he lied to him, supposedly. But then he's like, I'm not Eddie. Like, what are you talking about? But Eddie's friend Michael was like, no, that was like his double. Like, everything about him was the same. (laughs) Yep. And the first thing out of his mouth was, were you adopted? Is your birthday July 2nd or July 12th? And Which one? 2nd or 12th? The 12th. Okay. And Bobby (laughs) says, yes, I was adopted. Yes, my birthday is July 12th. And... So Michael says, you have a twin brother. I know him. Yep. Here, let me tie your hands behind your back, blindfold you, throw you in the trunk of a car, and I'm going to abduct you, sir. No. It'll be fun, though. That's not what happened. Oh, I must be screwing up my true crime TV watching (laughs) with this. This is wholesome, Brad. Sorry, you're right. At first, anyway. (laughs) For now, it's wholesome. So then Michael takes Bobby to a phone booth to call Eddie. Mm-hmm. And when Eddie picks up the phone, Bobby's so shocked because he hears his voice on the other end saying yes. It's weird. They must have recorded before. And then he asks... But when you hear your voice record played back, do you think it sounds like you? No. So they must have recorded before. So yeah, he must know what his voice sounds like. Over a telephone. Yeah, or just like playing around with a... Video camera, radio, whatever. True. Yeah. It's the eighties, seventies. Mm-hmm. Um and then Bobby uh so then Bob yeah, Bobby asked him if he was adopted and when his birthday is, and Eddie says July twelfth. And he's like, Where were you adopted from? And he says, Luis Weiss services. And he's like, Me too, me too, me too. I think Eddie knew who he was adopted from, but Bobby didn't. Oh wait, no. No, I you're know. right. Bobby knew where he was adopted from. Eddie didn't. Eddie asked his mom. Yes. 
I'm just condensing a lot of yeah. the details so that we can get through get the whole through thing because it's quick, a lot. Yeah, it is true. There's a lot of info. So I'm just, I've just condensed the, I've pulled out the most important details as yeah. we go through. Same birthday, both adopted, adopted from the same adoption agency. Yes. So Bobby wants to go meet Eddie now, naturally. Um, they speed, they speed off to Eddie's house in Long Island and Bobby says, the door opens and there I am. His eyes are my eyes and my eyes, my eyes are his eyes. I was like, oh, it's cute. Yep. It's very wholesome. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, yay, we have twin brothers. The end. Yep. Uh, but this then. They get put in the paper, the whole bit. Right? Yes, they get put in the paper. These long lost twins found each other. It's all very happy, reunited, etc. And then and there's this woman. it feels so good. There's this woman named Ellen who's reading that article in the newspaper about the twins separated at birth. She's like, oh, that's really cool. Stop. Sorry, I was just, you said it was wholesome. It is wholesome. That's why I was thinking reunited. (laughs) There was no picture, but she found the story really interesting. Right. But then her mother had had an actual picture of the two boys. And showed her the article with the with the picture attached. And this Ellen woman says, "Is that David?" And then another friend saw them too and knew that it had to be David. Like, why right. is David in this picture? So there's another one. Why has David been cloned? Yes. So they show so David Kelman, the third one. People show him the article of the two of the two people who look like him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this isn't a minor resemblance. This is real. And then when he got home that night, his mom was even waiting to show him the same thing. And he always knew that he was adopted growing up. Uh, but then David called Eddie and talked to his mom. And Eddie's mom said, oh, my God, they're coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you really got to take that. You, know, you, you just can't let termites fester i mean it's, it's really bad i mean you know your house could fall apart the, the whole bit you gotta take <laughs> care of that right away stephanie uh-huh. don't want the termites coming out of the woodwork it's not good not thank good you for home improvement advice you're welcome <laughs> uh, <laughs> just bark <laughs> <laughs> more power <laughs> i was tim allening oh okay you know from tool time yep okay just want to make sure i got it good job the three boys finally met together at David's aunt's house, and everyone said it was like they'd known each other all their lives. Like I think they described it as puppies rolling on the floor together, mm-hmm. They're just like wrestling and wrestling, wrestling. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes my southern comes out. Okay, it's all right. It's good. I like it. <laughs> it's great, y'all. Yeah, y'all. They, everyone's just observing that, you know, they moved the same way, their mannerisms, the way they said things. It was like three separate lives became one. How they had the same huge hand mitts. Oh, yes. The same giant hands and big yeah. curly hair and mm-hmm. big smiles. Same smiles. Yes. They were strangers, but everything about them was so similar. And suddenly they were going on every show imaginable and featured on every magazine cover. And like, they're just, it was like a media circus suddenly for them. These three. The blonde dude looked familiar. The who? The blonde talk show dude. I don't know who he was, but Tom Brokaw was there at one point. Yeah. I don't know who that guy was. For some reason, he seems like I've, I just, I don't know who he is, but for whatever reason, in my mind, 
he was like a big thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, on the shows they were they would be like, yeah, what's this, what's similar about you? And it would be like, they all smoke the same brand of cigarettes. Don't smoke, kids. That's right. Um, it's bad for you. They they all liked older women. Each of them wrestled in high school. They each also had a 21-year-old adopted sister, which is kind of a strange coincidence, huh? Mm-hmm. Very weird. And yeah, everyone said it was more like they were clones than brothers, but they grew up in completely different households. Welcome to the origin stories of Dyad, maybe? Yeah. It started to get real Dyad vibes, or more like Neolution vibes, uh, when I was uh, watching this. Because it takes some turns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's pretty bonkers. So, let's learn a little bit about their backgrounds. Okay. Bobby's parents, one was, his dad was a doctor and his mom was an attorney. So, you know, they were pretty well off. Mm-hmm. Eddie's father was a teacher and he, and... I don't, I'm not sure what his mom was, but they were, you know, the stereotypical middle-class family. Right. And then David's family were the least educated. They were immigrants. Their Eng- they, English was their second language. Mm-hmm. They owned a little store. Um, so Blue-collar. They were very blue-collar, yeah. So they were the lowest of the rung, at least financially speaking. And the kids spent most of their time at David's house because of their dad, or because of David's dad, who was this big, like, ball of life who just made them all feel like one big happy family. Mm-hmm. Whereas Eddie's father was, like, a pretty strict disciplinarian, and so they didn't, they, he and David didn't really get along, or he and Eddie didn't really get along very well. Right. And I can't remember if they really mentioned Bobby's relationship with his parents. I think it was pretty generic. Like, his parents weren't around very much because they were... Both doctors busy, and yeah. attorneys. Doctor and a so. lawyer, yeah. Um, so, it did, yeah, you'd figure they are um, working a lot. But when you own your own business, mm-hmm. you can, uh, you know, take time off. Right, and you can spend it with your family. And it seemed like, it sounded like Eddie, or sorry, it sounded like David had the biggest family and kind of the most welcoming. Loving. Loving, yes. Understanding. Hopeful. Yes. So despite all of this new love in their life and this reunite reunition, that's not a reunition. Word. <laughs> this reunition. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Reunition. It's the subsect of Neolution. <laughs> <laughs> despite all of that, however, yeah, yeah. when the parents first met up with each other, they were pissed. Because it's like, how can you have yeah, they triplets were, that have been completely separated at birth. Yeah, they had no idea that there, these were the kid that they were adopting was one of three. Right. And they figured that that should be something that the, uh, they should have known. Because right. I think one of them said, I would have adopted all three That's of them. That's what David's parents said. He was like, if I would have known there were three of them, I would have taken all of them. Right. Because had, they had a big family and it didn't matter to them. Right. They, so, they wanted to give love and, and a home right, to right, kids. Right. So, like, the, the boys were six months old when they were separated, and there's just, like, these weird things that they did as babies, probably because of their separation anxiety from losing right. this person that they spent literally in the womb until six months they old with. They were out of the womb, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Like they said, I think some of the parents were saying they would bang their heads against the wall or bang their heads against the crib. Yep. All three of them. All three of them did separately Mm -hmm. because it was just some weird, something was missing and they could never figure out what it was. Oh, it turns out it was their brother. Their brothers. (laughs) So the parents had a meeting with the adoption agency, Louise Weiss something, Louise Weiss Services. Yep. And the all the parents, all the parents. It was a big old group. Because yep. they're angry and they're all riled up. They wanted answers. Yes. And the agency admitted that they separated them at birth because it would be too hard to place three children in one home and that not every home would welcome triplets. Mm-hmm. But as we said, David's, David's parents were pissed because they would have taken all three had they yeah, known. Yeah, but the agency didn't know that and they had already been separated. You know, sometimes it's just hindsight's twenty twenty, Stephanie. Yeah, but that's uh, that's not the whole story, Brad. Oh, there's more? Yeah. Oh. That's not what it was about, despite oh, well, it being me. the 60s. Tell me more. Oh, free love? You're right. Yeah. Somebody screwed up. They were over at, uh, this happens in New York, right? Yes. So the person that kept track of all the babies went up to Woodstock, got really ripped, and forgot that they were triplets. <laughs> that's what, you uh-huh. tell me that's what happened? Yes, that's exactly what happened. You know, I've heard Jimi Hendrix could make your mind go a little noodly after noodly. listening to him. So, okay, so you're saying this was a drug problem, drinking problem, no, alcohol problem. that's, that's oh. not what I'm saying. Okay. So uh, what are you saying? So, that night it was raining. And Bobby's dad left his umbrella inside of the agency. So he went back to go retrieve it. Uh-huh. And he saw all the people in the agency popping champagne as though they had just dodged a bullet. Because that's what I would do after I dodged a bullet. Come at me, people. You'll see it. I'll have a bottle of champagne near me all the time. <laughs> I'll dodge that bullet and then I'll be like, hold on. <laughs> there you go. All right, try again. I have another bottle hidden somewhere. I was trying to make my thing make a pop noise. Oh yeah, a little like a little uh, a little. They were popping <laughs> champagne. <laughs> Great sound effect. We have armor props. Um, and they wanted to, so the parents saw that and they were like, "Well, clearly parent. some parent." And then he relayed it to the other parents. Yes. And so they, th- they were all even more pissed now because clearly something's going on. Yeah, something stinky in Denmark here. Yeah. Is so some, they talked to a lawyer to try, or they talked to several lawyers to try to take the case. But? But all the lawyers said it would be a conflict of interest because they were, some of them were trying, not all of them, but some of them were trying to adopt babies through the, cert, through the agency. So they didn't they, want to risk their chance. Lawyers? I thought it was they went to like one of the top agents or lawyer agencies that wouldn't do it. I think they went to an agency, but then they had, you know, various lawyers within it that, you know, were trying to adopt babies, so. Well, we're in the process of. Right. Handling adoption papers. Yes. Some yes. sort of. They wanted babies from the center. The end. Right. <laughs> from the same service. They didn't want to jeopardize their chance. What was the name of that? Was that law firm, uh, Do We Cheat Him and How? <laughs> Maybe. Yes, I, I get it. Thank you. It's a good Three Stooges joke. See, I okay. even knew where it was from. I didn't. It's I, 
I know it from Bugs Bunny or other cartoons. I just know it because my stepdad has a big poster of the Three Stooges in his garage and it says that on it. Do we cheat him and how? Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer, so it's funny for him. <laughs> uh, what's his What's his lawyer name? I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, I was <laughs> just going to add him to the end or oh, in the beginning. No. Nope. Or in the middle. No, because do we cheat him and how all have to happen together. Yeah, there's no. Anyway, the boys are <laughs> together. and Let's pretend it's your name. No. Okay. I'm trying to move It'll past the private name. information, Brad. <laughs> Barth. Do we cheat him and how? There you go. <laughs> I don't want to give private information on the podcast. You should never do that. Exactly. Attorneys at law. <laughs> so <laughs> the boys are together and they're living up. So while the parents are dealing with all of this scary stuff, the boys are just having a good time. They are right. running amok in the city together, drinking, being popular. And they're like, what of? Yeah. They even ended up on a movie by yeah. chance. They were they had a cameo in Desperately Seeking Susan with Madonna. So that was Madonna. Uh-huh. Okay. They didn't actually say her name in this. They said Madonna because then I Googled it later and they told me it was that movie. Okay. Because they say it was Madonna. Gotcha. I'll have to watch that movie again. Desperately seeking Susan. Just Just to see them standing on the corner. Just you know the three of them standing on the corner there oogling her was they happened to be walking down the street and the director's like, hey, it's you guys. Yeah. Be in my movie, please. And they got to be extras. Probably for nothing. Mm-hmm. Just their shot at being on screen. Yep. So they do that. They're partying all the time. And then we're kind of learning a little bit about their wives. And, you know, all the wives think they have the best of the triplet or the hottest or the sweetest or whatever. They're all biased. It's cute. Yes. They're, they, I think one of them even says, I'm very biased, but I have the best one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's cute. Of course, they're all biased. Um, But... They also just decided... Just like you have the best po- podcast co-host. Oh, Suki? I'm just kidding. Brad? <laughs> I quit. <laughs> you looked at Suki, so I couldn't tell what you were talking about. I didn't look at Suki. I mean, she's sitting right here, and she's being very cute. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I was sort of, you know... Pat myself on the back, but apparently I take second <laughs> billing to a cat. Well, she did have a feature episode <laughs> that you recorded. Thanks to the co-host. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. You. You're the best co-host. Come on. That was the hardest thing to come up with a special announcement. So they decided that they wanted to figure out who their birth mother was and kind of get some answers. And they figured they had pretty good odds of finding her because, you know, how often are triplets born and on a specific date in a specific hospital? In a specific city where the public library has records of all births. Yes, convenient. So they figured out pretty easily from the library. Do you think they still have records for all births at the New York Public Library? I don't know. I don't know what stuff is out there anymore, really, and how freely you can find this kind of stuff. It's true. I know you can, you know, freedom of information request a lot of stuff from the government, but I think it has to be, like, government-related documents. Like my military career? 
Yes. I don't have one, so they're going to have a hard time finding it. <laughs> It'll just be a redacted piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, they'll redact everything on the sheet. You'll get handed a plain white, plain piece of paper. <laughs> or it'll just be a, like a black square. <laughs> What's this for? To make you think there was something. Yep. <laughs> but they find them. Male, male, male. Yep. With the same mom, mom, mom. Yep. So they meet her at a bar. And they don't, she doesn't really have a good story. It's just a prom night, knock up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she just didn't want to have a, just want, didn't want to have triplets. So she, you know, gave him up. She probably wasn't allowed by her parents. Probably. It was the late 60s. Yeah. So. Are they Jewish? They are Jewish. Okay, yeah. Her parents probably made her give them up. Well, the Louise Weiss Center, I think, is a Jewish agency also. It is, yes. So, also they noticed that their birth mom is drinking a lot, which they thought was interesting. She well, was keeping it, up with them. Yeah, that's what was interesting. So. So you're saying she might have a drinking problem? Yes, which concerned one of them. I think David, maybe. Okay. But whatever. Then they opened a restaurant in New York called Triplets. There you go. And they made over $6 million in the first year. Because they're famous. Yep. Everybody wanted to come and get Madonna served by the movie. Triplets. They were on all the talk shows. They were perfect strangers. I mean, identical strangers. Three identical strangers. Is a TV show. But anyway, okay. And then... The cavemen got homesick. After that, I was yawning quietly so nobody knew. (laughs) And then after that, things got kind of funky, they said. Right. Well, because they moved in together, right? They moved in together. Yeah, they, they just got the, into business together. No, but they had a bachelor pad too. Yeah, but they still have their like wives and shit. Well, this is before their wives. Oh, they didn't really give me years on this. It was very hard yeah, to keep well, track you, of when things. You're were talking happening. about things getting funky. I'm just saying, three bachelors living together, probably not bathing as often as they <laughs> should. I could totally understand a little funk. Mm. <laughs> yep, smelly boys. Okay, I'll stop. Suki, you want to take over? After all, you are the better co-host. <laughs> oh my god. So dramatic. <laughs> She's asleep. She says, do not bother me. She's not asleep. She's just looking at me, trying to hypnotize me into staying. Mm-hmm. But I can't, Suki. I have to go home at some point. It's true. So, we find out now things are going to get a little funky, but not in the smelly way. Right. In a creepy way. And is this because of the next We find thing? out that the identical brothers were actually a science experiment. Isn't that fun? Now, I'm having trouble keeping the timeline in my head. Is this before or after a certain other event of talk show talkability? I don't remember. I'm just going in order of the documentary. Okay. Yes. All right. The, I'm just literally going as the movie told it to me. Got you. Then you would know better than me. Um, so. They, they all remember having tests as children. That's literally what I'm about to talk about. Yes. Um, so the, they tell them that they split them up on purpose and studied them like lab rats. Um, but there were clues. They remembered people coming to the house, a young man and a woman taking tests. 
IQ, personality, eye-hand coordination, the Rorschach inkblot test. They'd videotape them playing. Um, and then as they got older, the stuff they had them do would get more complex, and the boys didn't really understand what was going on. And around age 9 or 10, they started to get kind of uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But when the parents adopted them, they were told that it was just part of a normal study about adopted children, and that was it. Right. It was not anything to do with the t- the triplet aspect. They had no idea that they were seeing one triplet and then going across town to see the other triplet and then going across town to see the other one. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And yes, they all live in the same city yeah. relatively close to each other. So a man named Dr. Peter Newbar was in charge of the study. And it wasn't just the triplets. It was others, too. There was another set of twins that discovered themselves, um, Paula and Elise. And they, too, had, like, same mannerisms. They both went to film school. They just had a lot of similar things in common. And um, all in all, no one is really sure how many twins were involved in the study. They say they're guessing, like, six or eight but the study was never published. The data was never released. So they have no idea really how, mm-hmm. how deep it goes. And I think the boys were the only set of triplets that they studied. Everyone else was twins. Interesting. Uh, the documentary crew found um, the doctor's research assistant. This is a kooky old lady named <laughs> Natasha Jasevowitz. Mm-hmm. Jasevowitz. A.K.A. the Black Widow. And- <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the study wanted to so she tells them that the point of the study was to figure out the dilemma of nature versus nurture which is the theme of orphan black which is why i found this so fascinating once they got to this point i was yep. like oh okay this is what we're doing <laughs> yeah um she said she did not do the research but she would hear about it and she found it so fascinating that it was it was finally answer that question to finally yeah so she said she found that it was more hereditary than ever thought possible that people are moved to behaviors that we're so unconscious of but that people don't want to hear that because they want to know that they have free will and you know to find out that it doesn't matter where you were born or what you do you'll be the same person or whatever that's mm-hmm. her interpretation of the study why it hasn't was never released yet yes and she says yeah it was she doesn't know what happened to it and that it was the first and last study of its kind. Yeah. And she was the only on the, uh, she was only his assistant for a little while before she went back to Sweden. Right. To carry out her black ops operation. <laughs> yes. The of, sweet old lady. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, she's the black widow, you know, Natasha. <laughs> Swedish man killer. Yep. That's her. <laughs> so. Um, unfortunately, after a few years in business, I think, again, they didn't really give us timelines, um, David's father passed away, and it kind of ruined the peace that the boys had when they were running the business, and some of the, their family members reasoned that, you know, they met as adults and never really learned how to live with each other as children, yeah, like, I you know, when this was the, wasn't this the assistant? Or no, this was one of the mothers. No, this is like one of the family members okay, was talking yeah, about right. it. Um, you learned to compromise. Yeah, I don't have siblings, so I don't know this stuff. But that's why you don't know how to compromise. <laughs> <laughs> I compromise. It's just me, 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 me. Yeah, I am pretty narcissistic. 
That's why Sookie can never do what she wants. <laughs> she is doing what she wants right now, which is curled yeah. up, being all cute. Yeah, well, she is the master of this household. She is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the so yeah, I guess like when you have siblings, you learn how to deal with stupid arguments and mm-hmm. even the big arguments, and you can move on from them and be fine because yep. you're family. Yep, I it's assume. True. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, can yes, come from a family of six. So yeah, you have a big family. So yes, it's true. You do learn to compromise, mm-hmm. and you can still have big fights and blowouts, but it. It always ends in it being okay at the end. Right. But, you know, the boys didn't know how to deal with these kinds of things. So Bobby ended up leaving the business and the other two felt betrayed mm-hmm. while Bobby felt like he was being pushed out. So it was just a lot of miscommunication, I'm assuming, going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, boys being boys. Because boys are pretty bad at communication as far as I've discovered. <laughs> What you talking about? <laughs> I'm great at communicating. They don't they don't like to talk about their feelings very often. That's just okay. Yep, you're true. That's right. <laughs> Can't deny that one. Uh after that, Eddie didn't know what to do and he started to develop some erratic behavior. He was kind of up and down, um, you know, really high highs, really low lows. And it was very, very serious, and um, his wife said that he had manic depression. That's what they were had diagnosed him as, mm-hmm. and they ended up putting him in a psych ward for a while. And it was interesting because David also said that he spent his 16th birthday in a psych ward, and that it seemed to be a lot of the people in the study had dysfunctional problems and mental illnesses. Interesting whether because of the situation or just because of the people that were had that had the babies and it was passed mm-hmm. down. I don't think it was ever really clear, but no, just that, you know, maybe at this point and I was thinking that maybe separating a twin doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> causes like maybe there's that, you know, people thinking twins have psychic links, right? Maybe that being that far removed from it messes with you i mean there's so many things like that in media and we've already seen it in the first season of orphan black where um you know helena and sarah have this like deep connection right and anytime yeah yeah, okay you know just don't i'm sorry i'm sorry i thought you turned it off i didn't apparently i forgot um and then like you know they can't kill each other because they have this bond and they feel it whenever the other one is in pain or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I would also say in like, I'm going to bring it back to Avengers. Um, <laughs> Scarlet Witch and or Wanda and Pietro. Yeah. Like when they were twins, they're not identical, but they're still twins. They're fraternal. They're fraternal twins. And when Pietro, you know, blocks Clint from getting shot by Ultron, she feels it when he dies and she, and she doesn't, she's not anywhere near him. She's also a psychic. She's not psychic. She gets in your head. She can use her powers to get in your head, but she's not psychic. Maybe she spent a lot of time getting in his head. Brad, you're ruining my my interpretation of this. That's not what it is. She's not psychic. They're twins, I'm sorry. and they okay. have the psychic link because they're twins, it was... not because her powers make her psychic. Right. Okay. She has to be touching someone to get it was into Professor their brain. Professor X. Yeah, that's Professor X and Jean Grey. You're thinking of. No, he was the one. 
they just couldn't say it in the movie because they don't have the rights to X-Men. <laughs> Forget it. It's a bad joke. Magneto is their parents in the, uh, in the comics. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. So I don't know what you were getting at with Professor X. Because he's psychic. Yeah. And he can link people's brains. Yes. So I was saying because Marvel doesn't have the rights to X-Men and X-Men should be a part of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> they are now. But, no, but they should have been a part of Avengers in some fashion, right? I'm just saying, but they bought them now, so they have the rights to them now. Get out. <laughs> Did you miss that? I must have. Yeah, Disney bought Fox. Oh, yeah. So now they have Deadpool and X-Men. We should get back to this subject. Otherwise, this is just going to go way off the rails. I mean, like... But you're ruining my interpretation of the twins. I'm with you 100% they're, now. They're a bond. There's a bond that is... Un- it's, she felt him die without magic. even being near him. It's, it's magic. not magic. It's... The twin bond. It's their red blood cells become nanobots that can oh my God. talk okay. to each other. Jesus Christ. So in addition to the boys having mental illnesses, uh, Elise and Paula, the twins that were also separated, uh, both suffered depression. And they also found out when they tracked down their birth mother that she had schizophrenia, which led them to believe or led them to find out that most of the other birth parents had mental illnesses so it's probably a combo of being like depression and stuff being passed down and also the separation anxiety right manifesting into a big blob of badness then throwing in all the questions of what were they truly trying to study now Mm -hmm. so now the boys are upset yes (sighs) so um unfortunately now it's going to be really sad for a minute okay eddie came back to work at the restaurant with david um after his stint in the psych ward but one day david didn't know where he was and so he called his wife i believe Uh to ask her to check to see if his car was in the driveway and if his car's in the driveway then that means he must be home and his car was there so she you know she was like yeah he's he's home so David asked her to go check on Eddie, um, but she is she does that, and then she calls him again, and she's basically speechless mm-hmm. and tells David he had to come home. So David pulls up, and he runs to the house. They wouldn't let him in. street um, was filled with cop cars. And, yeah. They and said, you don't want to see this, and then that's when he knew Eddie was gone, and he told, Bo- he told Bobby he had to tell him something, but Bobby said he like already knew what happened before he even told him triplet link man Mm -hmm. but and what ended up happening was that eddie shot himself and committed suicide it's very sad yeah he even tried to get the help he needed but it wasn't enough i guess explains why we never met eddie in this yeah i was wondering why he like the first 20 minutes or so i was wondering why he was missing from the discussion then i kind of figured once they started going into a little bit darker things i was like oh not good yep but yeah it was very sad to like hear the boys talk about it Mm because they're clearly it's clearly very upsetting and you know the parents talking about it's upsetting Mm -hmm. um especially later when we hear from eddie's dad yeah we can talk about that now because i didn't even write that down because it was just i was like this is Uh, sad well eddie's dad was the uh Strict dad. Yeah, his dad was a strict disciplinarian teacher. And his dad, who is fairly old now, great set of dentures. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> he uh, wonders what, what he did. Like, his dad pretty much blames himself for Eddie committing suicide. Because yeah. he said it, like, three times when they were asking him about it. And he said that uh, he just wonders what he forgot to teach him. Yeah, which was really sad. Yeah. And then at the end, you could see him just on the verge of crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just wonders if they're like like where did where did I screw up? Right. He knew he knew he was strict and he knew all this stuff, but he was just he did he didn't know how he screwed up to allow Eddie to do something like that. Yeah, and he admitted the fact that he and Eddie were such different people, and that maybe that contributed to some of it or something. Like they didn't know how to. Some people just aren't meant to be together or something. I think yep. some people were saying, and but like obviously still cared about. Loved him. Yeah. Yeah, I think they said they got the call and they just like, him and his wife just stood and cried for a long time or something. That's really sad. Mm-hmm. The, the journalist that is kind of researching this, whose name I did not write down because I think they said it at the very beginning and I didn't realize he was going to be important, so I didn't right. write it down. <laughs> there were just a lot of people flitting in and out in the beginning. Right. Um, but he has tapes of Dr. Newbar talking about the study. Because he interviewed him. Yes. But Dr. Newbar, in his very thick accent, he does not want to talk about it until he publishes the study. Which was going to be in a year. Yes. By his estimate. Yes. But they had to stop the study because it became too expensive. And it was being funded by a private family foundation and some private charities in Washington that, that funded it. Yes. Everything was very general. Yes, very vague information, mm-hmm. Dr. Newbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Dr. Newbar. Let's see, we have Sneaky Leaky. What can we add to Newbauer? <laughs> Hubauer, Newbauer? <laughs> Newbauer power. Newbauer, Newbauer. There you go. Okay, but anyway, yeah. So the guy, the journalist guy, did some more digging after Newbauer died. And he found out that all of his information and research went to Yale University, which has 66 boxes filled with all the information and home visits from 1960 to 1980. And presumably it stopped in 1980 because that's when all the boys linked up together and started publicizing the Mm -hmm. fact that they were reunited and separated at birth. Right. It's when uh, they knew that they were part of uh, the... uh... The illusion. The illusion (laughs) study. So they had to pack bags up. Yep. And now we have Dyad. Yep. Obviously. And Dr. Neubauer did an even shittier thing in that he restricted the records until 2066, which meant no one could look at them until that time, presumably meaning everybody who was alive for the study would be dead by then. Without written consent from some The, the Jewish board, yeah. yeah. The like highest realm of Jewish board committee, something or another. So David tries to get access. Um, well, the journalist is trying to get access. Even David is trying to get access. Um, they can't even get to it, even though they're subjects of the study. They right. can't even look at the info. I even think some of the doctors that were involved in the study for short periods were unable to get yeah, access as well. It's just crazy how intense it is. Um, the documentary crew finds another guy who wants to talk about the study, who was part of it, Dr. Lawrence Perlman. Yep. He's very proud that he thinks he's the only person involved in the study that would talk about it. 
Right. He's kind of a douche. Not great dentures on him. No. In fact, I don't think he has dentures. Those teeth are too yellow to be dentures. <laughs> so he says he was 24 during the study and it was his first job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back on it, he believes now it was ethically wrong, but he just didn't think so at the time. Uh, he pulls out some of his notes that he has and talks about how the boys were, you know, being aggressive. They each had different kinds of bouts of aggression. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing kind of notable about it. But he left after 10 months doing the study and didn't really get to see the results. And he right. says there was, and they ask him about, you know, mental health because of the parents having issues or the birth parents having issues and then the boys and some of the other people having issues. And he says there was never a mention of mental health of biological parents. They wanted to understand parenting practices and how it could affect development. Right. So then it opens up even more weirdness. (laughs) Yeah. The journalist argues that they would not have any basis of how that family would be like they would not have any background knowledge of that family to even know where to place them until if, if they would not have already placed a child in that family. Hey, guess what? Remember the three 21 year old adopted daughters that are already part of each of their family? Weird. Same adoption. Same adoption agency. Yep. And it was all part of the design of the study. Mm-hmm. So that they knew. They knew who each of the parents, or they knew what each of the family was already like, and they put them in them. They put those boys in those families specifically so to get this keep data. Watch. Yep. Yeah, because yep. probably because they were so all three families were, were so different. drastically different yep. in socioeconomic and everything else. So they show they show Bobby and David this. They they show the clip of the Doctor Lawrence guy talking about the whatever the study uh-huh and they're like how does that make you feel and they're like it makes me feel like a lab rat and then it's even more duplicitous yep that they're studying the parents too and that it's all far from random selection that they thought it was mm-hmm. it wasn't happenstance it was like legit planned yeah it's so yeah down down to like every detail they planned it out it's crazy and in the end they kind of decide the the big question, the nature versus nurture question. They decide that nurture is what really has the impact because they all turned out so differently. Like even though they had all these similarities, like smoke the same brand of cigarettes and like older women and wrestle, they all, they did those, they pointed those things out because they wanted to emphasize them and they wanted to be alike because they were separated for so long. Right. But they were, in fact, very different people. Yeah, and that... They alluded to that with the twin sisters. Right. Because I think the host of whatever show that was, no clue, was like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, like a, it's like a Disney fairy tale or uh, a, your Dis- like Disney princesses or something like that. Dis- did he say Disney fairy tale? Something like that. Something and they were like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure, but not, you know, until it isn't. Yeah, because they found out about all the background stuff about how they were separated and it was But an they experiment. also knew that, you know, they had even though they had all these similarities, they knew their differences as well. So it wasn't right. this thing. 
So basically, even though the study isn't published, they the people directly involved can conclude that their biology is not destiny. Right. And, you know, I think the, the documentary said we that we drift in the direction our genes want us to go, but we aren't destined to become one person or another, mm-hmm. which I thought was a nice way of putting it. Which means so. if you're born a serial killer, you can choose to not be? Yeah. Okay. Like Helena? Sure, like Helena. <laughs> I mean, you can be a sociopath, but you could just choose not to act on it. <laughs> yeah, you could be a sociopath that really, really wants to get that rug clean all the time. There you go. So Some good did come of this, though. Yes, so the board finally released more than 10,000 documents of the study, but unfortunately the records contain no formal conclusion and have been completely, re- or not completely, heavily redacted. So that other subjects wouldn't be found out by these two men? Yes, because as they say, there may be twins out there still who don't know that they're twins because they were in the study. Stephanie, were you adopted? (laughs) I don't think so. Okay. I just, you know, people say they've seen you before. I know. I always wonder about it. Are you, are you Jewish? No. Oh, okay. So I guess you're safe. (laughs) I'm safe from them. Who knows what other people are doing and they just haven't been found out yet. That lady said it's the first and last study. I don't believe that. (laughs) You think that they just haven't been found out. Oh, they were sneakier. Uh Uh-huh. Like Dyad. That lady was a little creepy. She was creepy. I mean, I get, obviously, she's a science nerd and, like, the thought of what you would find out from a study like this. Is it is fascinating, fascinating, of course. But ethically, it was just all wrong. It's so crazy. Like, but it's also, it just made me think so much about Orphan Black because it's, that is like literally the nature versus nurture show. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're all, they're all literally clones. So they all should be biologically the same and have all these similar mannerisms and similar personality traits. But they're all subjects or they're all products of their environment. And they're all so very different. They're all so different. Do they ever talk about the... Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, when we first meet, uh, when... Um, oh, the, the, the dry skin joke thing, like early on. Oh, yeah, Cosima and Sarah. They said yeah. they have a little patch of dry skin or whatever between their eyebrows. Yeah. So I guess they sort of do uh, talk about that a little bit. Before it just becomes all weird. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting thing. And what did you say? You went from being happy to sad to mad? Yeah. While watching this? Yes, because it was like, oh, this is so cute and wholesome. Like, these guys are reuniting and that's so sweet. Where can people find this? It's on Hulu right now. Trust me, we did it no justice. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. It was so good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just seeing the boys together, like some of the photos of them all being together was very nice. It and was. then but then yeah, I got I kind of knew that it was going that one of them was gonna not end be in the end of the thing, which was really sad. But then yeah, listening to these insane doctors and these crazy because it's like a conspiracy because it had gone from, you know, they talked these women into doing this. They talked this agency into doing this. Maybe they paid the agency. Who knows what people are funding this study? 
Yeah. Like it goes so deep. We don't even know all the details. It's true. That's what, that's what boggles my mind is the conspiracy is like the whole trail. We don't, we, I want to follow the trail and find out who funded this and who made it happen. And if there's more. More twins. More twins. Yeah. You won't know. Maybe another triplet. Like they really, they don't know. They don't know. Because I'm assuming what we see in this film is the found things and that's it. Yeah, because it came out. Yeah, I mean, it came out in 2018. So So it is the most up to date that we have. Triplets and you got the twins. And then there's some other twins, I believe, that they found. Oh, that. Okay. They just didn't mention them. Or they they didn't want to participate, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So, but they said there was at least a couple more that didn't know. That, or that or don't know. Or they're assuming that there could be more that don't know. Right. Because they don't really know how many people were studied. Or how many twin families were broken up. Yeah. It's crazy. Five. Five. That's our double count. Yeah, it's true. At least for these, these ones. For these real life people here. Yeah. With the knowledge of two more, supposedly, which would make it... <laughs> Seven, but we don't. Who knows? It's so crazy. On screen five, in knowledge seven. Yeah. What did you think about this documentary? It uh, took a turn there in the middle that uh, I was not expecting the lab rat thing. Yeah. And then at the end of it, I was like, what? It's so dyad's real. Yeah, exactly. Like, is this the origin story for the uh, Dyad Institute? Right. Okay, that's your origin story yeah. comment, yes. Yes, before recording. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, that's when I was watching this. I was like, oh, this is real-life Orphan Black. This is freaking crazy. Yeah. Minus the cloning aspect. It's nuts. It's so crazy. Like, how, yeah, that this happens. That happened in general. And I can't believe that the boys wouldn't. I mean, I guess they're pissed now, but it's like, man, I would well, be so initially, mad. it was just like, you know. They were just happy to be together. Yeah, they found each other. Yeah, and it was cool that they and found each other. It was cool other. that they found There were yeah. so many things that they were liking, you know, and all this stuff. And then the parents were upset because I'm assuming all three of them would have taken all three kids. Is right. what it turns out to be. And now they had to because share. Because they're all good people. Yeah, they had to share these triplets as a huge family. And, you know, you you could look at the bright side of it, and that was that they got to grow their family. But when that one parent sees them celebrating like they got away with something, to f- that causing them to sort of make their way down a rabbit hole that mm-hmm. turns into the study that I don't even, how did that guy, that one reporter, find? Like, did it just happen across some book that mentioned a study? I can't remember. I think he's like a, re- he like does research about like this topic like genealogy and stuff so he must have just like so something was written down somewhere like some it was mentioned in some book somewhere but the study hadn't been released yeah and presumably won't be released until after 2066 we'll be dead i plan on surviving that oh maybe i'll still be alive what year is it? it's 2019 it's another uh it's less than 50 years stephanie (laughs) oh good i want to stay alive long enough for the study Come I on. guess I'll be 80. Yeah, see? Something. I'll be alive as well. <laughs> I'll go in there. Go read the whole study. All of it. I'll die midstream. 
we'll do a we'll do a podcast we'll do a podcast after we read after we read all this stuff perfect you know it'll all start off welcome to shitting dollar podcast I'm so tired. Brad. And we won't have microphones because it'll be implanted in our body with <laughs> nanotechnology. We'll just press a button in our temple and record. And instantly we're online recording. <laughs> All I have to do is think about the opening music and it will be put there for me. And all the ums will automatically be edited <laughs> out. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So, I'm going to ask. Yeah. Did you look for fun facts or was this too traumatic to Um, you know I did, but I just wanted to have more of a discussion than just read off facts, so that's why I didn't okay. really add any. And I feel like it gave me a lot of facts. So When did they start working on this uh documentary? I don't. You don't know. There actually weren't that many fun facts, which is another issue I had, so because this is a this is a book, so oh, it's a book. It started out as a book, and then they made it a documentary. So there's a book that might have a little more information. Or Three is Identical that... Strangers is the book that came out, and then so yeah. it was a research book. That's interesting. Yes, I believe. Cookie, don't complain when you get yelled at. No, well, she was stuck. I think she was so complaining because she was stuck. She's always complaining about being stuck. Yeah. So, I guess I would highly... Would you recommend people watching this? Yeah. Is it a book? Maybe it's not a book. Maybe I just made that up. Well, way to go. You know what? I'm going to put this call out to all of our listeners to hit us up on Twitter at Pod and let Stephanie know if she was correct or incorrect about the book. I mean, I'm reading Wikipedia and I'm incorrect. So. She's incorrect. You don't have to hit her <laughs> up. Now you know, I can just tell her that I can't believe you didn't have that on the tip of your brain, Stephanie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can email us. Uh, like, if you want us to cover something, and apparently documentaries are out there about this, so mm-hmm. uh, at cdoublepodcast at gmail.com. The Neubauer twin experiment was first publicized in a 1995 New Yorker article by investigative journalist Lawrence Wright that guy okay there you go there's my one fun fact for you thank you and i guess uh, you can follow stuff on if you want to see what stuff did since we did start off talking about c2e2 and costumes and maybe catch a glimpse did you have the guns in any of your photos i had my little gun not i didn't bring the big one because we were playing with the little guns and that was probably the more threatening one when we were trying to quickly change this the uh, clips i think they were scared of the big one well, because you know, it looks because you were posing with it. Yep, but that just makes me a poser when you're actually trying to do clips. It's fast. true. We That's were going. More, yeah, we were trying to load the gun. Really so you fast. can check that out at Stuff Plus Verb on Instagram, <laughs> and uh, see what orange-tipped prop guns got stuff a visit from four uh, Chicago police officers. Did you plug the podcast while they were at the door? I don't think I did. I just said I was recording a podcast. Stephanie. I was very frazzled. We could have had, they could have been listening to this episode and enjoying it. There were four policemen at my door. Did they look good? They looked like scary policemen. Well, not scary. I mean, I mean, they just looked like intense policemen. Trackman, attractive, young, middle-aged, old. I didn't, I didn't old. notice. They were normal looking men. I don't know. 
when it comes you just you're just not into a man in uniform huh i just was too unless frazzled wearing, to notice unless what he's they wearing the like. caps uniform i just was too frazzled to even think about it like that <laughs> so i guess until the next time stephanie gets a visit from the police officers <laughs> on you know her floor uh i'm stephanie kratz and i'm bradford barth thank you for listening goodbye <laughs>